welcome to the Who Is She podcast, where I will take you on a journey of self-empowerment and of course, hilarious laughs. It's me, Shayla, your fave tattooed photographer lady, and I am so excited to be doing this podcast with you. I want you to love yourself with the power of a thousand suns, and that is the journey that we will take together. This is a safe space for queer, neurodivergent, fat, disabled, and otherwise marginalized people to feel safe, seen, and heard. Thank you so much for joining me. You guys, it is my first episode and I am so excited to finally be doing this podcast. It has been something I have wanted to do for over two plus years. I did start to record a podcast a few years ago and I was going through the ending of my marriage and I had also left um, a workplace and was just dealing with a lot and there was bitterness in what I was saying and I decided that that wasn't what I wanted to put out into the world. Now feels like the right time. I am in a much better place and I just can't wait to share with all of you because I have so much that I want to say and give. As a lot of you know, I am a photographer. uh, I know how to talk. I'm a photographer based in Perth, Western Australia, but I do travel all over Australia to do photo shoots with beautiful, beautiful people. So the title of the podcast is Who Is She? So who is she? Who am I? Who is Shayla? How did Who Is She start? Who Is She is something that I say during my photo shoots. Um, It's one of the many uh, dumb things that comes out of my mouth when there's a camera in my hand and it just became a thing that my clients started to uh, shout back at me and it has become like my calling card. The thing that I love about the work that I do is that I get to have so much fun with people. I get to show them how beautiful and sexy and amazing they are and also get them to feel at home with themselves and in their bodies. It is truly something that fills me up to no end. I can't explain how much I love the work that I get to do. A lot of people come to me for help with their body image issues because I online I am a visibly fat person who openly loves and adores her body and herself. I didn't just spring out of the ground or drop from the sky as somebody who loves their body and loves who they are. This is an ongoing and painful (laughs) journey that I have been on for my entire life. Last week, I did the first of what I hope will be many self-love sessions, which are a free Zoom call or chat in my Facebook VIP group where I answer questions that have been submitted by uh, people in my group or people who follow me on Instagram uh, about their body image, questions about how to love yourself more or better. And that is something that I want to do for you today. But I also want to give you a little bit more of a background on me. Here's a little bit of a trigger warning. I am the kind of person who dives deep. I'm not um, about uh, fucking around. I love to go for the meaty bits, you know. So just general trigger warning. Um, I may touch on topics of abuse, all forms of abuse. And um, I think 
it is important for people to know that that is a part of my story because I want people to see that that is something that you can work through. I'm not going to say overcome because it is defining as in I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I hadn't gone through these things, but I wouldn't wish them on other people. So if you're not in the right mental health space to listen to that today, obviously I try and make things funny and um, as enjoyable for you to hear as possible. I'm not here to trauma dump on you, but I always want you to look after your mental health first. So a little bit about me. I'm currently 32 years old. I am the mother of two uh, children. I have an eight-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. My son uh, has disabilities. He has been diagnosed as autistic. He also has ADHD and he has cognitive delays, but he's not considered intellectually disabled. My daughter is on a wait list to be assessed for autism and through my children being diagnosed, I have also realized that I am an autistic ADHD woman myself. I had all of the signs of it in childhood, but it just wasn't a thing back in the 90s that a girl could be autistic in the way that I was. So um, I had an older sister and a younger brother with ADHD and they were much more hyperactive than I was. So they needed a lot more um, intervention from a young age than I did. I was a very quiet child, which uh, always surprises people because of the volume that I (laughs) live in now. But this has been a lifelong journey of learning to use my voice and to feel okay being noticed and to feel okay taking up space. I was literally such a quiet child um, that all I did was read books, really. um, And I would hide in my cupboard to read them. I was extremely repetitive. So um, I was obsessed with the Harry Potter books. I read them from age eight um, onwards. And for some reason, I decided I needed to read them 45 times a year. I don't know why. That is just what I decided that I needed to do to feel safe and comfortable. I grew up in a home full of domestic violence. I have a very, very abusive father who I have no contact with. I don't see or speak to him, but I'm still in therapy trying to deal with the the things that he put myself and my family through. So um, very loud, chaotic, violent home life is what I grew up in. And uh, my mom, uh, I like I'm so amazed um, at her because she had three children in three years and was in an abusive marriage from a very young age. And um, as I get older myself and I have my own children, I'm just in awe of the things that she lived with. And um, unfortunately, a lot of the pain that she was in showed in uh, her body image. She didn't like herself or how she looked and was very strict with food. And I remember being put on my first diet at nine years old. And um, I'm in no way saying that my mum was not a great mum. She was absolutely doing her best. And at the time, for the 90s, I was considered a fat child. I was being teased a lot at school for being fat. Um, and it was a lot uh, to deal with. 
I actually started school in the US. I grew up in Las Vegas because <laughs> uh, that's the kind of place that my dad was like perfect to raise three young children. <laughs> Let's move from Australia to Vegas. So um, I started primary school there. I have memories of the casinos, mostly of the carpets and the creches, which are pretty much like a time zone. But uh, my obvious love and adoration of sparkly showgirls still um, lives on and it would have started from four years old living in Las Vegas, seeing beautiful, um, you know, costumes and headpieces and stuff. And that is what now lives in me fucking rent free. All I want is to glitter up gorgeous women and take photos of them. Um it's just how my brain works. So it's no surprise to anybody that I love burlesque. I remember the first time I was watching a Marilyn Manson music video and saw Dita Von Teese in a martini glass. And I was like, that, that is it. That is what I want for the rest of my life. And I am a proud member of the burlesque community here in Perth. I'm not a performer. A lot of people ask me why. Um, <laughs> I have the... <laughs> The great neurodivergent uh, inability to learn choreography and um, everybody thinks that they will be the one to be able to teach me to dance and then uh, they see me try and they're like, oh, stick to what you're good at, Shayla. <laughs> Just take the pretty photos. <laughs> so that is why I do not perform, but I do consider myself a member of this community, um, a member of the queer community here in Perth, which is fucking incredible. I feel like we hold each other to such high moral and ethical standards of love and acceptance and diversity. And it is an amazing place to thrive and make art. So growing up with a very uh, chaotic and abusive home life, I um, became a very super goth teenager. I developed an eating disorder um, in my teens because I was so desperate to be skinny like everybody else. But I've always been a bigger person. Like I was always the tallest girl. I always had big feet. I always had big hands. It was like no matter how much weight I lost, I couldn't change my actual skeleton. And I think sometimes being a neurodivergent person made me see the kind of flaws in those society pressures like I would kind of be like huh well I can't lose so much weight that like I literally shrink as in be a small woman I will literally never be a dainty little wallflower um so what's the point of all of this, you know? And I was bullied a lot for being fat, but I was mainly bullied for being a know-it-all. And um, I think the reason that I was so obsessed with the Harry Potter books is because I saw myself so much in Hermione Granger, because if you know anything about autism in girls and women, she's an archetype for it. The the incredible intelligence, the the often being friends with boys because friendships between girls become too complex and too difficult and they feel ostracized. Also having like extreme special interests, like that is often the root of a lot of my photography ideas. I get so many ideas for my photo shoots. I'm often planning them at least a year in advance and it can be hard to just be one person person. 
But after a little while being a very skinny teenager, I rapidly started to gain weight from my late teens. And um, I was, I have been a plus size person my entire adult life. Um, That was a big journey. Like I used to wear clothes that were so oversized and uh, I, because I was, you know, super goth, I wanted to look like this sickly Victorian woman and, um, and uh, I struggled so much to love the body that I was in because uh, the whole world told me that it was too big and not right. And then I would look at beautiful artworks because I'm, you know, obsessed with art history and I would see my body reflected back at me. And so it, it would be like, how come it was beautiful then, but it's not beautiful now? Um, those are questions that I would ask myself all the time. And uh, soon it started to manifest into the the artwork that I wanted to create. So I first picked up a camera at 15 years old. Um, that is when I did some film photography in high school. And I loved the darkroom so much. And I was really lucky to study photography at a time where it was like a big transition so film was dying but it was still important and digital was starting but not a lot of people knew how to use it and it was very rudimentary so I kind of um, got to learn the best of both worlds and I went on to study an advanced diploma of photography at TAFE If you ever want to study photography, I highly recommend not doing it at university and doing it at TAFE so that you learn the technical skills behind what you want to achieve and not just let's talk about the philosophy of photography because you have time to talk about photography after you've learned the skills. So that is what I recommend. A lot of amazing photographers are self-taught and come at it from different angles to what I did. I love that it is an art that you need technical knowledge in because that makes both sides of my brain extremely happy. And it quickly just became something that was an outlet for me. And, um, I loved it so much, but what I really wanted to do was to work in theatre and on the stage. I actually have issues with my hands um, where I have limited gross motor skills, so things like writing and drawing are very difficult for me, but I knew that I wanted to be an artist, and I knew I wasn't going to be the best drawer, I wasn't going to be the best painter, but I told myself I can be a fucking good photographer. And I did apply to go to WAPA, which is the WA Performing Arts School. Um, and I wanted to do directing because I've always been a big picture person. I've, you know, was always called bossy as a young girl. Um, even though I was quiet when I came out of my shell, I knew what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to see. And I'm an extremely visual person now. As you can see by my appearance, if you've ever seen me, like I I feel like a walking art gallery because I have so many tattoos and I'm always getting more and I'm always working on big projects and I love having brightly colored hair and, you know, I feel like I've fully customized this uh, meat suit to suit me. <laughs> Look at me with the word puns. So... Uh, That is the thing about me. I'm extremely visual. I'm always coming up with things that I want to see and create and uh, not being able to draw those things or perhaps paint those things. I felt very frustrated. So being able to create them in photo shoots was like a whole new world. A whole new world. I can't sing. I'm so sorry. (laughs) 
but I do love Disney. Um, actually, in photo shoots, oh, look at the neuro spicy. I hope you're enjoying this because I cannot keep a train of thought. Um, I play a lot of Disney music during my shoots because I love getting people to connect with that younger version of themselves that um, dreamt of magical things. And it often gets people to emote in a way that they aren't otherwise able to when they hear you know the soundtrack from a movie that they loved as a child when the Lion King comes on suddenly they're feeling their Simba fantasy and it's all uh wonderful and amazing I love finding ways to make photo shoots more fun and more creative um with the amazing people that I get to work with I um, sometimes struggle to um, describe what it is I do because it feels like photographer only covers a little slice of this pie uh, because, yes, I take photos of people. Yes, I love taking photos of people. I edit my photos. I do all of my social media management at the moment. Um, but I feel like so much more than that because I – see myself as a writer, as a speaker, as um, a mentor um, of other people who are wanting to get into creative fields or, um, you know, might be struggling with their body image. And like, I love being able to uplift other people, whether whether that is through my words, through my photos, or um, through the, the things that I write. I love to share uh, what I'm learning about myself because self-love is not a destination. It is a daily journey and a daily project that I choose to work on because I am a very visibly fat person and I um, felt for a long time that that was a moral failing and that um, that that meant something bad about who I was on the inside instead of going, huh, being put on a diet at a very young age and bullied for my weight probably wasn't the best thing for me. Also, I had a very traumatic childhood. So, of course, my body is holding on to all of this trauma and, um, you know, maybe uh, if people had a bit more fucking compassion, I wouldn't be treated as less than because of the size of my body and instead acknowledged that I'm trying to do my fucking best. And also my body gets to look however it fucking looks, you know, I don't choose the way that my body puts on weight. Um, and uh, fat phobia is something that I experience on a daily basis. It's almost, um, frightening when I try and explain to people how it is a constant reminder, especially medically, of how I am seen as a lesser individual. And um, there are times when it, it, it can be a little bit amusing, like when people underestimate my ability as a photographer, because um, if you're not aware, people see fat people as less intelligent, less capable, uh, less professional, all of those sort of things uh, because they haven't done that work on their fat phobia. So for me, I started to do photo shoots with my friend Sugar Dujour, who was a blessed performer um, when I was studying photography. And I quickly realized that I was quite good at guiding people on how to pose. I think there's a lot of assumptions that performers know how to pose, um, but performers know how to move. That is a different thing. And because I uh, also worked in retail while I was studying photography, I was in change rooms with people all the time. Um, I worked for a plus size retail brand who <laughs> I have said some not very nice things about on other podcasts, <laughs> but they deserved it. Um, 
but I was in change rooms with people who hated their bodies all day, every day. And I really honed my ability to talk to them about themselves. And I had a lot of, um, for lack of a better term, come to Jesus moments. Like I especially enjoyed bra fittings. And um, I remember there was a day where I was fitting a bra on a woman who would have been in her 80s. And she needed to be physically helped with her bra, which I was more than happy to do. And the whole time she apologized for her body, like, sorry, I'm so fat. Sorry, you need to touch me. Sorry, you have to see this. Like, I know I'm disgusting. And at the time I was in my early 20s and I realized that I did not want to be, you know, a beautiful older woman who's lived a full life and still hate my body, still think that I need to work on myself as if I'm a project that will never, ever end, that my body um, is something that needs to be chiseled and hacked at instead of embraced and loved for how it was. And that always really struck with me. And it happened over and over and over again. And I saw so often young girls put on something that they felt amazing in and then saw their family or partners tear them down and tell them that it looked disgusting, that they could see their roles, that their arms were showing. I even... um, myself wearing a strapless dress had uh, customers come up to me and say you should cover up because bingo wings are disgusting and um, it made me realize it it literally had nothing to do with what we look like and everything to do with how people felt about themselves because I would never walk up to a stranger and say something so negative about their body but it's often the people who were so unhappy with themselves that felt like they had to criticize everyone around them so if a daughter was wearing something that a mother wouldn't wear then they would criticize them because it was outside of their comfort zone instead of going it makes them happy and they feel beautiful and that is the most important thing in this situation. So at the same time as I'm doing photo shoots, I'm working in retail, I'm always working around the bodies of people who felt different and not okay and um, that didn't know how to feel good about themselves. And I, the thing is, being a neurodivergent person, I always felt different from a young age. I always felt like an alien. I felt like an observer of other people. I felt like I never had like a strong group of friends or that making friends was quite difficult. And suddenly I started to feel like I had a sense of community and people who cared about me and people who related to me, not only in a physical way, but we were experiencing the same things in our workplaces or going through the same body image issues and um, learning from each other and those experiences because representation is everything. I remember the first time I saw a plus size model Tess Holiday, and was absolutely floored that she was sharing her beautiful body in a way that I didn't feel capable of. And then I started to really ask myself questions like, why do I feel like other people should be plus size models, but somebody like me Um, shouldn't share their body. And um, that's something that I carry through to me to this day. Like if I expect other people to put themselves out there to, um, you know, for potential backlash, why would I not do that myself? And that's just the kind of person that I am. I like to challenge myself. I like to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And I do receive a lot of 
vitriol online for being a visibly happy fat person. Um, Some of it is more creepy rather than uh, hateful, but in its own way, it's still not treating fat people as human beings who are allowed to just fucking exist, not just for your fat fetishes, not just because you think that we're unhealthy and are going to, you know, die young, which is so not true. Throughout uh, doing this work, I've tried to keep as up to date as I can on current medical research about fat bodies, about um, marginalized bodies. Um, I do have chronic pain and it took me 12 years to be diagnosed as polycystic ovaries and have endometriosis, despite the extreme pain and symptoms I have had since I was 18 years old, because I was just constantly told to lose weight. But I'd be like, well, the pain came before the weight came, but somehow it was still my fault. And there was a time in my life where everybody that I knew was having weight loss surgery because they felt so incredibly pressured and so incredibly... um, what's the words? Not good enough. And um, I'm not saying that everybody who has surgery um, in that way is feels that way. Absolutely not. Some people make it and they feel like it's the best decision that they ever made. I felt a lot of peer pressure to also have surgery. And I, I came to a moment where um, I realized that I was considering cutting out my stomach so that I would be treated more like a human being because I wasn't getting the medical care that I needed. And um, I could see that a lot of the people that I knew who had had that surgery were still struggling with their body image because mentally they didn't look different. But even though they did on the outside, on the inside, how they felt about themselves and how they treated themselves had not changed. And uh, that was something that I didn't want to do to myself. I told myself, no, I was going to advocate. I was going to push to be treated like a human being. And um, I had a lot of mental health struggles through that. Um, because it wasn't an easy decision to make. Like I do not see weight loss surgery as an easy way out or a cop out or unfair or anything. Anybody who decides to go through that surgery is so fucking brave. And I have so much love and respect for them. I'm talking more about how we, we view ourselves because I think a lot of people thought uh, losing the weight would change how they literally saw themselves as a human being but that was something that they still needed to work on because when you've been mistreated your whole life for being fat it's hard to then reconcile those feelings with not being fat anymore and that was something that I saw a lot in my work as a photographer and also in the retail job that I had and uh, eventually I got so sick of retail that I left and I have been supporting myself as a photographer since 2019 and it has been an incredibly steep learning curve like putting myself out there on the internet saying this is me this is what I do this is who I am I'm loud I'm full-on I'm too much I'm neurospicy I go off on tangents I lose the camera during photo shoots because I'm so focused on my client and uh, I I know that it's a lot for some people, but also it's what people love about me and why they want to work with me and why they want to be around me. So I'm always so eternally grateful for those that see me, see my talents, see the work that I do and appreciate me as a human being. Oh, 
It's just fucking incredible. And I, I love that this is my life and that every day I step closer to making my dream life come true because the things that I dream now are not the things that I would have ever let myself dream before because I didn't see myself as good enough or worthy enough or uh, capable. And Every day I have these little niggling feelings of, you know, imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it. And I tell myself that's nice. And then I just keep going. Even recording this podcast, uh, the the last week I've been giving myself excuses not to do it. And then I really had to sit with myself and say, oh, I'm expecting myself to fail at this. And that is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid nobody will listen. But at least I can tell myself that I did it and uh, that I get to share my voice with the world because I deserve to share just as much as anybody else. I hope that this was interesting and informative and you learned a little bit more about me and that you're excited to see what is coming up next. Um, I, I just feel so much joy. I love speaking. I've always loved public speaking. Um, speaking at events and mentoring is something that I would love to do more and I'm hoping to interview some beautiful people on this podcast for you. Um, when I say interview, I'll probably talk half the time. <laughs> Uh, and I never shut up, but um, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you'll join me for the next one. Bye. Want to know how to get more Shayla in your face, ears, and maybe other body parts? <laughs> you can find all the links on how to work with me in the description box below this episode. You can also join my email list or VIP Facebook group to be the first to know about my new photo shoots, workshops, or interstate tours. You can also book a one-on-one mentoring session with me to chat all things self-love, business, or photography. Best of all, snap up an amazing photo shoot experience where I will hype you up like no one else and get incredible photos of your butt. Head over to Instagram if you want to see my daily shenanigans at Shayla.photographer. Remember, my name is spelled with a CH. Or find this podcast on Instagram at who.is.she.pod for my ridiculous antics on there. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!